just one generation, the internet connected people across the globe. And now, slow news days are a thing of the past. It's a lot to keep track of, but WHIP has you covered with local, national, and international stories. Join us for a rational look at a complex world. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. Hello, hello. This is Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I'm Amaranth, and with me I have... Emily. And we were here last night as well on the district, if you were listening. And today, last night, it was cold, and today it's warm. The weather's so nice today. I'm so glad. No more 40-degree weather. However, um... Yeah, fortunately we have nice weather, but not a great, not nice stuff happening in the news today. Um, the weather is great. The news is not. <laughs> yeah, um, we're yeah we're kind of freaking out. We have so like we have some major news to talk about. But first, let's just ease into it. How's your How's your Friday going, Emily? Um, my Friday's going. Um, the amount of homework I have to do this weekend's a little concerning. Kind of don't want to approach it at all. But you know, this is what I'm paying for. So yeah. <laughs> how's your Friday? Uh, it's going pretty well. Um, <laughs> I had I only had one class today to go to. I have more than one class, but one of them was canceled. Oh, that's you're so, so lucky. I was at my ancient war games class, um, learning about pentathlons in ancient Greece. That was fun. Um, yeah, and I didn't have to put on a coat today, which was really nice. I know. <laughs> it's so nice. But um, yeah, let's move into this news. This is some pretty crazy stuff. Emily, do you want to? Do you want to read it out for us? Sure. So, President Trump declares a national emergency to build the border wall. So, this morning, President Trump gave a speech at the Rose Garden at the White House, um, basically saying that he's declared a national emergency in order to secure funding for his border wall after, after Congress refused to give him any more in the package deal to avoid another government shutdown. Um, essentially, to pay for all of this, he will take $3.6 billion for military construction, $2.5 billion from counter-narcotics programs, and $6 million from the Treasury Department, including the $1.375 billion that Congress gave him on Thursday nights. He will have roughly $8, mil- $8 billion sorry, dollars to build the wall, way more than the $5.7 billion that Congress did not want to give him originally. Um, so essentially this money will advance construction, create new barriers, and repair slash replace existing barriers. So obviously this post, <laughs> um, this did not go well with everyone. Um, for example, Democrats and some Republicans immediately condemned the move, calling it a power grab that has, quote, gone outside the borders of the bounds, sorry, of the law. We got borders on our minds. Yep. <laughs> um, so does the president, apparently. Um, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senator Chuck Schumer asked for everyone in Congress to join them in overturning the decision. House Democrats are planning to introduce legislation to block the president's move. Um, if this passes both houses, um, no, sorry, their plan is for it to pass both houses uh, if it gains support of the already half dozen Republicans who criticize Trump's move. However, this could set the president up to issue his first veto of his presidency if the legislation is blocked by Congress, since he's the one that will have to sign the legislation meant to block the legislation that he origi- originally implemented. Oh, what yeah. a, it's like a catch-22. Like. It's so twisted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this issue could also be taken to court by Democrats or advocacy groups, even with the five-member conservative bloc controlling the Supreme Court. Uh, they are known for reigning in and controlling presidents who exceed their authority regardless of their party. Okay. So... 
The biggest problem White House officials cite is that this could set up future presidents to ignore Congress and the Constitution. So basically, this is setting up a whole bunch of presidents that future presidents could use to their advantage. Right. This is like, now we can declare a state of national emergency for, any, for anything, any issue, anything, that the, any anything that Congress doesn't give us, we're going to exactly, have a exactly. national emergency. Um, so, for example, White House officials say that a future Democrat Democratic president could use this over gun violence, climate change, etc. Like President Trump used it for a border wall. Yes. So um, we're going to take a second to look at the history of national emergencies. So, for example, this started in 1970s. This law has been used 58 times by former presidents, with 31 of these national emergencies still being active, which surprised me. That's yeah, that's a lot. So we are still (laughs) in a state of national emergency. That's times 31. Yeah, a lot. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, Most of them were used in foreign crises, for example, freezing assets. Um, I know President Jimmy Carter used it against Iran, um, Iran, actions against national adversaries. Only two were used to spend money on legislative approval. For example, President Bush 41 used it for the Gulf War and Bush 43 after the 9-11 attacks. Okay. No national emergency has ever been used in direct response to a rejection by Congress, though. So Trump is a first. For the record, Trump in the past has criticized Obama in, for overstepping his executive powers when he didn't win Congress over. So, huh? So he's like a little hypocritical. Yeah, Obama, you went too far. Obama, you crossed National too many lines. Emergency. Now I'm gonna cross lines. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that okay. This is this is so crazy, and it sets like a terrible precedence. Like we mentioned this, like, and this has been like part of the concern of a lot of Republicans is if he does this, then this could mean that other presidents in the future do it for over. Um, over anything that um, Congress won't do them. If they're rejected by Congress, exactly. they're going to be like, well, I'm just going to declare a state of a national emergency. Exactly. And President Trump is definitely overplaying the dangers that the border, I guess, poses on America. Like mm-hmm. the number of um, undocumented uh, crimes committed by undocumented immigrants, they haven't increased. He went on that whole tangent a few months ago about the caravans that he magically stopped talking about. Um, <laughs> they, the issues that he's basically fear mongering and just inciting fear within people, inciting fear, basically saying that yeah. we need to do something about this wall because there are these, as he says, quote, illegal aliens are coming to hurt us, but the numbers aren't changing. Um, yeah. It's like, st- it's like scientifically, well, statistically proven that, Undocumented immigrants commit far less crimes than, like, legalized American-born citizens. Right. It's like, okay, think about this. Like, there's only, like, you're like, oh, well, there have been 5,000 crimes committed by undocumented immigrants. Okay, well, how many crimes have been committed by non-undocumented immigrants exactly. and U.S. citizens? Exactly. And there are so many bigger issues in this country like gun control, climate change, healthcare. <laughs> like there's so many things wrong with this country that deserve this level of attention and advocacy and energy and he's focusing it all on a wall when you know he could be using a national emergency to address gun control, climate change, healthcare. Right, there are so much bigger things going on right now and yet here we are having to cover a state of national emergency over a border wall. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that he's like allocating taking all these funds and allocating them and shifting them just to build an extra couple hundred miles of wall like and the thing is what is this going to accomplish, man? Exactly. And to him it's like like 
people, the border isn't the only way people come into this country undocumented. Airplanes exist. A lot of people <laughs> who come, a lot of people who are undocumented come, they fly in with a visa and then they overstay their visas. Airplanes exist. Boats exist. Um, Literally, like there's so many other issues. There are so many other ways um, illegal immigration can happen, but illegal immigration isn't the most important issue in America. Right. This and, isn't. This isn't going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. It's and, just going to make people mad. <laughs> like, and the thing here is, as I mentioned earlier, that if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, if they, if this passes the House, which it will because the House has, uh, the Democrats have the majority in the House, this will go to the Senate, and if this passes the Senate, it would sit on Trump's desk and he basically has to sign, that's uh, basically sign legislation that says, I am going to block my state of emergency, my national emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could veto that. So if he vetoes that, then Senate needs a two-thirds majority to, I guess, like undo the veto. But Republicans also control the Senate. So it's a regardless of what happens, it's an issue. And this national emergency because of wall funding is like it's so yeah. hard to wrap your head around. And I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about this earlier that um, – Oh my god, I lost my train of thought. Hold up. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. You said earlier that um, we didn't know that there were 31 national emergencies, but these all happened because of like foreign crises, for example, the Gulf War or 9-11. And there's no imminent danger on our country because of illegal immigration. Right. This is This is not a major concern this should not be a major concern and yet he's turning this into a concern and distracting from all of the crazy stuff that's happening all over the place like Mm -hmm. there are other things to worry about um what about impending nuclear war literally or (laughs) climate change or gun control or healthcare, or the fact that people can't afford college or people can't people are literally homeless and can't afford food or income inequality there's so many issues in this country that deserve not necessarily a state of emergency, but deserve this headline or yeah, this they deserve much attention. this amount of attention exactly. from the general public, from politicians, from the president exactly. of the United States, who was supposed to be concerned about this stuff. Yeah, over borders. Um, uh, good. No good. <laughs> uh, no. I just wanted to get into. So, how do you think that this is going to play out? Like, as this moves forward, like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think this is going to get blocked? I think it's just going to be another sticky situation where this will have to be taken to the Supreme Court and then they're going to have to get involved. And, you know, the thing, the way this political climate is set up is that we don't know what can happen. You can't predict anything anymore because everything's so uncertain. The future's so uncertain here. Mm-hmm. So we could say that, oh, it's going to pass the House. Oh, Senate's going to pass it. Oh, Trump's just going to let this go. But no one knows. No one right. knows. Yeah. And like, First, like, okay, why now? Exactly. Why now? Exactly. He had his first two years of presidency, Republicans controlled the entire Congress. Like, Congress is dominated by Republicans, so he could have passed some type of immigration reform or asked for border security when he had so many people on his side. But why wait until now when the House is dominated by Democrats, when you have people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on his, on his tail about this? Um, why wait till now to cause this much, to make this headline so much bigger? Like it's, I feel like yeah. it's almost like a publicity. Exactly. Stunt. Like, like it declaring... is almost like 
he knows this isn't going to actually accomplish anything, or at least I hope that he knows, because, like, obviously, the majority of Congress and is against this. Mm-hmm. They obviously are not cool with this and are going to try and block it in as many ways as possible. So, like, I think that it's almost like he knows that that's going to happen, but he wants to have this attention towards this issue specifically, which I don't fully understand Understand why this is what he wants to be. Why is this, like, the one thing that you choose to turn everybody's face towards at this moment? Like, are is he trying to distract from the upcoming elections? Is he trying to distract from other issues that he's not doing much on? Is he trying to be like, well, look at this and keep everyone um, from looking at, like, what's going on with the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. and with the um, the end of the nuclear arms treaty? Like, what? It's like it's that's what it seems like to me is a deliberate distraction. I feel like like as you were saying, like the distraction part, I feel like it's also because his approval rating is so low and so many of his supporters who support him in 2016 when he originally said we're going to build that wall or whatever. So many of them are losing faith in him and losing trust in him because he hasn't done anything to do to build this wall, you know, with right. um, all yeah, this. I mean, this was like the main thing. That exactly. He was standing exactly. On. And with all this all these rumors and media attention on the 2020 presidential candidates um i guess he feels like he needs to gain his support back and make his supporters like make his supporters feel like okay i'm finally doing what you promised me to do despite the fact that i haven't lived up to any of the promises i originally told you i was Mm -hmm. going to fulfill yeah yeah here's look i'm finally doing it Okay, great, but like you're kind of messing everything up in order to do this. Taking money away from other things to focus on this, and then when the things he took money from fall through, it's just like there's just it just it's just gonna become a thing where so many problems pile on top of it that no one's gonna know how to fix it. Right, and we we're going to keep on we're gonna keep on covering this yes. as it moves forward. Like yes. who knows? Um, by the end of tonight. There could be, there it could could be, be completely, completely, it could different. Be completely different. Like, maybe the Mueller investigation is going to exactly. be released and he's yeah. going to be impeached. Who even knows? We don't know. Um, you never know with the way this White House, this president, this administration, this whole, the whole, the way this whole government is set up, you can never predict anything that's going right. to happen. And the craziness so of this is that we are, like, we are always trying to be on top of all of exactly. this. Exactly. Like, let me exactly. just plug real quick. We have a we have a weekly news update. It's called the WHIP Crackdown. You can check it out on YouTube with yes, WHIP you Radio. And we write our script. I write the script Thursday nights. Look at and you then go. on Friday. You have to re- redo the whole thing. It gets redone. <laughs> and then we record it Friday night. And then by the time it comes out on Sunday, it might even be changed. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So we are going to... We're going to go to a break right now, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the 2020 presidential candidates and who looks like they're a frontrunner right now. So we will see you soon um, on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. From WHIP News, I'm Valerie Duray. Today is Friday, February 15th, and this is your WHIP News Update. 
On Thursday afternoon, Senator Mitch McConnell announced that Trump plans to declare a national emergency to build the border wall, according to the Washington Post. This announcement came after the Senate passed a border security bill, which excludes a physical barrier and will prevent a government shutdown. McConnell also announced that Trump is committed to signing this bill. On Thursday, Amazon canceled their plans to build headquarters in New York, the New York Post reported. Amazon had been offered a huge package of New York City funds. Mayor Bill de Blasio and Governor Andrew Cuomo had hoped to bring jobs and new technology to New York City. Amazon released a statement explaining that they pulled out of the plan due to opposition from New York officials and activists. Amazon released a statement explaining that they pulled out of the plan due to opposition from New York officials and activists. The company does not plan on searching for another city to build headquarters in, but will just move forward with their plans for Nashville, Tennessee and Arlington, Virginia. From WHIP News, I'm Valerie Duray. And this has been your WHIP News Update. And we are back. And we're going to talk about the president, the 2020 presidential election and who looks like they might be running and who looks like they might not be running and some rumors about who's running and the rumors are false sometimes. Just and... anything that has to do with the 2020 presidential election race, I guess more on the Democrats. Yeah, well... We That's have because some, we there's have a, a few lot wild. of Democrats. There's okay. a lot. So, okay, so I'm going to get started on the Democratic candidate. This is coming from the Atlantic's 2020 U.S. presidential race a cheat sheet. And I also shortened it because there were some candidates they had there's on there so that are not many. actually running. So, yeah, there's so <laughs> um, many. So, first of all, we have Amy Klobuchar. She's a senator from Minnesota who announced her intention to run on February 9th. She has spoken about middle-class issues so far, but she faces some backlash due to stories about her harsh treatment of staff. So, we'll see if she has a chance. Yeah, she's also known for being very moderate. She has a bipartisan record. She's not as left-leaning as some of her other rivals. So, this could... She Her plan is to basically, like, soothe the tension between the two and the polarization, but that only works... That doesn't really work sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we also have Elizabeth Warren. You may remember her name from an issue where she claimed Native American heritage, and then she had a DNA test, and there was a whole big thing, and she received some backlash for that. Um, She's a senator from Massachusetts who started her campaign on February 9th. She focuses mostly on inequality between classes and has proposed a tax on people worth more than $50 million dollars. And she does. She has had some issues in the past um, over that DNA test, mm-hmm. which might put her a little bit behind some of the other candidates. Um, yeah, because of that. People don't really like that. <laughs> yeah, she also draws the most comparisons to Hillary Clinton out of all of the candidates. They see her as just like Hillary Clinton's like little more un- less experienced sister, basically. She draws the most criticism. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have Kamala Harris. She is a black female candidate. She's previously the California Attorney General, but now she's the state senator there. She declared her candidacy on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, and she has a really, blo- a really broad platform to try and appeal to as many people as possible, but so far she hasn't got a whole lot of notoriety. But yeah. a very she's a she's one of the most diverse people running, which yes, is pretty definitely. Yeah. Um 
we also have uh, Julian Castro. He was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under Obama from 2014 to 2017. He announced that he's going to run on January 12th. And uh, it seems like he's mostly going to be focusing on issues of immigration. And he used to look like the future of the party. Mm -hmm. He used to have a lot of support. But now we're about to talk like we're talking about them. He's got a lot of rivals. Yeah, his name came up a lot when Hillary Clinton was looking for her vice president, um, I guess, running mates. Um, I know everyone knows she ended up picking Tim Kaine. But a lot of people thought she was going to pick him to kind of mold him into the new face of the Democratic Party, which Mm -hmm. obviously did not work. Yeah. Yeah. Also, fun fact, he has a twin brother. Really? Yeah. He has a twin brother who uh, subbed in for him um, during like a a parade once. Oh, my goodness. And like nobody (laughs) could tell the difference. Yeah, that's just a fun fact. Um, We also have Tulsi Gabbard. If she went, she would be the first. um, She'd be the first Hindu president. Look at that. Um, She's a representative of Hawaii in the United States House who announced her plans to run on February 2nd. Her central issue is foreign policy. She's a non-interventionist. Um, and her campaign has been pretty messy so far, and she's already had to apologize for anti-gay statements. Ma'am, it's 2019. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Yeah, she, uh, it doesn't seem likely. Um, oh we also have Kirsten Gillibrand. She's a senator from New York who announced her plans to run on January 15th. Her emphasis is on women's issues like sexual harassment and equal pay. Um, She has some support, but uh, Clinton supporters don't like her because she said some bad things about Bill Clinton. Yikes. But, yeah, she was was Hillary Clinton's replacement as senator of New York, which is a fun fact. She's another one compared to Hillary a lot. And then Bernie Sanders. You should probably back. know him. Um, he is the Vermont, Vermont senator. He was the runner-up for candidacy during the 2016 election. Um, it's unclear right now whether he's running officially, but most people think that an announcement is coming pretty soon. He focuses on redistributing wealth and fighting inequality. He has a lot of supporters, but now he has more competition than he did before in 2016. Definitely. Yeah. Um, We also have Sherrod Brown, a senator from Ohio who is seriously exploring the idea of running. Um, Not sure if that means that he's actually going to. If he did run, he would be focused on workers and inequality. He has support from people who think Bernie Sanders is too old and that Elizabeth Warren is too weak. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. So we'll see if he goes anywhere. Then we have Seth Moulton. He's a congressman from Massachusetts who is definitely thinking about running. Um, He thinks the party needs younger candidates and says he's up for the challenge of contesting Trump because of his military background and people think he's hot. That's great. We should definitely pick our future leaders based on that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, JFK. (laughs) A little bit. Um, Then we have Michael Bennett a senator from Colorado who says he will probably run. He presents himself as a businessman who can work with Republicans. He has some fans because during the government shutdown of January, he there was a viral bit video that went out of him ranting about Ted Cruz. Me too, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's most of the Democrats. There have been some rumors about people like There's Joe some, Biden. Yeah. Um, so like to put it into perspective, I read an article earlier today. There are about a dozen or so 
people who have already announced um, their campaigns. Some of them are obviously more well-known than others, and there are rumored to be about a dozen more who could potentially run. Um, so you're looking at about like 20 people for your first debate. Like the debate has to be split up between two nights because there's so many people and they can't put 20 people on stage. Yeah, there's a lot. And there are rumors about even more. But um, yeah, Hillary Clinton has officially declared that she is not going to run. Maybe that'll change, but probably not. I really hope she doesn't. <laughs> I really hope she doesn't. Um, yeah, so let's move into the Republicans. Um, basically, it's just Donald Trump. Just Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you guys probably know enough about him. I think um, we don't need to speak on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so far, nobody has... Well, no, you said there was one person who said... Um, former governor of Massachusetts. Um, I had his name pulled up here. Um, I think it's Bill Weld. Yeah. If I'm not... Yes, Bill Weld, he was former governor of Massachusetts. He says he wants to take on Trump for the Republican nomination. Um, reminder that Trump is the incumbent, so the chances of that happening are... Really, really low. Very, so very, very, even very low. if people do run, um, it's really unlikely that anybody is going to win the nomination over Trump. Exactly. So we're pretty sure that we're going to see Trump as the front His face again in 2020. Yep. Yeah. Uh, be certain of that. And then for the independents, we actually only have one at this time. And this is Howard Schultz, um, who we were talking about last night on the district. Um, he is the CEO of Starbucks. He says that he's thinking about it and may announce his candidacy in mid-2019. He is He's actually backed by Donald Trump, which is weird. Um, but... He does face some backlash, as we were discussing last night, for how he handled the racial profiling incident in April. Um, for oh, those of you that don't know, there was a manager of Starbucks who, uh, it was an issue of racial profiling. She kicked out two black men yep. who were she inside of... black men arrested in a Philly Starbucks in April. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, so there's been some backlash about how Schultz did handle that um luckily for him though because he's a billionaire and because he's running as an independent he does not have to go against anyone to you know win nominations so yeah he um, might yeah he might be one of the people that we actually see on the ballot um gary johnson back in 2.0. 2020 yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's pretty much everyone Pretty much. There have been others. There's but a few more. But... They're just rumors, mostly. Yeah, and so... a lot of people have, like, there are some people who people are like, oh, I really want this person to run, but they've been like, I'm not going to run. Like, half of the candidates who were going to run for um, Republicans, they've, like, it's actually really weird. Like, three of them have signed on, on as correspondents for news networks, and so they can't run. Oh, my gosh. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I know there are a lot of rumors. A lot of people are waiting for former Vice President Joe Biden to announce his campaign. Um, he says, so as we all know, he didn't run in 2016 because he was recovering from the death of his son. He said he wanted to take some time to heal with his family. Um, but a lot of, he said in an interview, well, if you've seen recent videos of him or just any video past 20, uh, from after 2016, you'll see he's a heavy, heavy critic of Donald Trump. He even threatened to fight him at one point. But, <laughs> Craziness. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, people think he's going to announce a campaign soon. They see him, if he does announce a campaign, they see him as a strong front runner because he obviously has the experience. He has experience in the White House. He has experience dealing with Congress and foreign policy. Um, but no one really knows. That one's a little up in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, we don't really know who's going to be at the front for the Democratic yeah. Party, because yeah. there are so many. Like, yeah. we'll have to see with the debates. Mm -hmm. But basically, the party is pretty much split between all of these people. Like, there are 
like the people who supported Clinton in the past mm-hmm. are split between like Elizabeth Warren and um Gosh, what are all of their names? But the people who supported Bernie in the past are split between him and other mm-hmm. people. So yeah, this group is definitely one of the most, if not the most diverse we've ever seen. Like if you look at 2016, there were like four candidates, four or five candidates, and most uh-huh. of them dropped out before the primaries. So in the end, it was just Bernie versus Hillary. Basically, but yeah. This one is so diverse. Like you have so many people. You have people of color. You have so many women running. Um, you have people who you know all over the Democratic left-leaning political spectrum you have some that are more moderate some that are more progressive um you have some that are very young you have some that are a little older um yeah um so the thing the the problem is that while the republicans see a leader obviously in donald trump because he's the president the (laughs) democrats are kind of struggling to find someone to fill in the role like after president obama left um people saw hillary as like the strong candidate um, they saw her as the face of the Democratic Party, and then we saw how 2016 turned out. And then she's now she's gone. And now she's yeah. gone. So there's, so like yeah, yeah. now we want to know like do the Dem- do they want do they want someone young? Do they want someone of color? Do they want someone gay? Do they do want they someone want moderate? Very progressive. Moderate? Yeah, um, it's just like and also there's so many candidates. People's how people lean is so different who people support like a lot of people are looking for Beto O'Rourke who if you don't remember ran against Ted Cruz for the Texas for the Texas seat in Senate um he lost by a very very slim margin but a lot of people want him to run because a lot of people see Obama in him because he's younger he's very progressive some people think we should have a more moderate president um in order to calm all of the division in government but there's just so many people that this could potentially pose a problem. Yeah, yeah. And um, there, um, Howard Schultz has actually drawn backlash for for even running as an mm-hmm. independent because most, pretty much everything that he's talking about, it follows Democratic ideals. Yeah. So the party is worried that if Howard Schultz runs, then he'll draw votes away from the Dem- from the Democratic exactly. nominee, and then neither of them is going to win. And then we'll yeah. just have Donald Trump again. It's like what happened in 2016. Like, so, like people are like, oh, well, I have to choose between the lesser of two evils. And some people are like, well, I don't want to choose between those two evils. I'm going to vote for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. And then they gained, I think it was like, a total, I don't remember. Don't call me on this. It was like 5 to 7% of the vote or something like that. Not even. I don't even think. So in the end, Trump and Hillary, uh, Trump and Clinton were basically like a small percentage away from each other. The votes that were given to Johnson and Stein could have gone to one of the, one or the other make it, and then we would have yeah. seen like who like it would have been much less it was a it would have been a clear winner one. yeah not like one yeah, one popular vote tight. one won the electoral college yeah um but this the thing is with these kids there's also not all of them have the best history um like a lot of people yeah. don't like cory booker because of his history with big pharma Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Cory Booker is also he's running. Yep, from New Jersey. <laughs> he um, wasn't in my list, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Booker and uh, Kamala Harris are bigger names. They they're newer ish senators, right? Um, yeah, that's that's what most people's concern is with they don't Kamala have the experience. Harris that, and and with Booker is that they they are only recently exactly. Um, And Kamala Harris also has a background when she was attorney general and when she was a prosecutor. That's not um, the best background. Um, And a lot of people think that she isn't as focused on criminal reform as she should be. Mm -hmm. Um, As I said, Cory Booker is big on big pharma. 
um, Elizabeth Warren. People in Massachusetts love Elizabeth Warren, but not, but not everyone well, in America yeah, likes Elizabeth Warren. Not everybody likes Elizabeth Warren right yeah. now. Um, she's a little, she's a little all over the place. Um, I think we have to go to a break soon. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to go to our break now, and uh, we might, we're gonna talk a little bit more about this um, when we come back, and then we're gonna talk about the climate strike happening in the UK. So. We will see you back again on Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. Hello, we are back on Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. Gosh, I'm so good at plugging that. Look at you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Amaranth, and with me I have Emily, and we were just talking about the uh, coming 2020 election and who the candidates are right now. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, what do you think? What is what's going to happen? What What is this going to like? How are we going to even like with so many Democratic candidates? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over a dozen, I think. Yeah. At this point, how is this going to bring up? Uh, like, how is this going to bring out a front runner? And like, how is this going to? Have the Democrats, how are the Democrats even going to beat Trump with this many people taking votes? Yeah, so um, they, so the first Democratic um, debate is actually scheduled for June. So we definitely have to wait until then to see yeah. who stands out. Um, a lot of people are already going to Iowa and New Hampshire, the swing states, to gain supporters and gain momentum. But um, we definitely have to wait for the debates. I know because there's so many candidates and they're splitting it up between two nights there, they have certain rules on who will be able to debate because they don't want someone who doesn't have support right. debating. Yeah. Um, I think we'll have to wait till then. Um, but it's also like... This time, four years ago, people already, well, not necessarily this time, but a few months, like, let's say, like, May, people already knew that, like, Hillary was going to get the nomination, but there's no one here because not only are there so many names, but there are so many people who, like, they're, like, you have Warren, you have Harris, you have Booker, there's so many names that people are throwing in the mix that it's, like, there's not one clear winner, and we can, we, we don't know. And we don't even know if this is going to get narrowed down by the mm-hmm. time there's an ele- by the time there's an ad- a debate or if it's going to get even bigger. Exactly. Like there like there are so many people who have said, "Oh, I'm thinking about running. Um might announce it uh, before the before the debates. Might allow might announce it then." So yeah. who even like this could be this could become like a crazy amount of candidates who need to be. We might even come up with more um Republican candidates yeah. by then. Um, and it's so it's so crazy that this is like the these debates are going to be going down in the summer because yeah. we're not going to be here to cover them and I then know. we're going to come it's back. Unfortunate. Yeah, we're going to come back in the fall and have so much stuff yeah. to talk and about. And only going to be like half the candidates by the time September rolls around, so it's going to be like, well, we don't have as much to talk about anymore. But like, I think the only way, well, the other issue with this is that these candidates need to decide how they're going to handle Donald Trump, like. Obviously, it's one thing to win an election if it wasn't like an incumbent year, but it's an incumbent year. And it's not just any incumbent. It's Donald Trump, whose support system is um, a little nerve wracking. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So they definitely have to figure out their position on how they're going to not only handle him, but handle the things he's done in the White House and if they're going to reverse it or not, how they're going to handle all the polarization. And it's like in the end, I think it's basically going to come to come down to who will be the strongest against Donald Trump, obviously, but 
who is going to gain the most momentum because the Democratic Party is kind of split up because some people it's some people want someone who's more moderate, someone who's more progressive, and people are, are so all over the place that they can't put all of their energy into supporting one candidate. They right. just rather break up into little factions and little groups and just support their own. Like it's like what happened in twenty sixteen, like you had Hillary supporters, but then after Bernie Sanders announced that he was going to drop out and support Hillary, you still had people voting for you still had people writing in Bernie. Right. Which yeah. was beyond crazy to me. But it's like people just need like the Democratic Party needs to figure out a way to unite all of its voters into supporting one candidate and making sure that that candidate is going to do something about Donald Trump and not just be like a bystander to all of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's it's so unclear what's mm-hmm. going to happen. But whoever does get elected, if it's not Trump, they are going to have to deal with it's so, so much. much. Yeah. There is so much stuff happening right now that yeah. like it might need to be reversed. It might need to be like fixed and it's going to take a while. This yeah. is absolute madness yeah and 2020 <laughs> is also like that you have a lot of representatives and a lot of senators up for re-election as well so like obviously a lot of people are focused on the presidential election but you have um senators and Repub- and representatives that are running again so you could have a democratic president win but then have the republicans gain control again of that, mm-hmm. of both houses so it's like you have a president you have a democratic president that promises to take down all of these policies but then you have people blocking all these policies from from happening so it's like we need to figure out a way to not only find a candidate that could go against Donald Trump but also make sure we're focusing on energy on making sure we're paying attention to our house and our senate yeah yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we're gonna keep on covering this um, as it moves forward. Not just this semester, but next fall and next spring. The next like, two years. Next, yeah, we're gonna literally be up until this inauguration day <laughs> and beyond. We're gonna be covering this for so long, and we're gonna keep on talking about it here and on the crackdown and on the district. So uh, let's move on to something a little bit more um, uplifting and less confusing. Um, <laughs> School children uh, are protesting over climate change in the UK. So this is coming from BBC. Students all over the UK walked out of schools today to call on the government to take action and declare a climate emergency. The event was organized by Youth Strike for Climate and protests took place in more than 60 locations with over 15,000 participants. The movement, which is titled Schools for Climate Action, started with 15-year-old Greta Thunberg in Sweden, who skipped class to sit outside government buildings in September, accusing her country of not following the Paris Climate Agreement. Since then, protests have been held across Europe. The group who organized the protest have four key demands. Uh, The first is that the government should declare a climate emergency. The second is that it should also inform the public about the seriousness of the situation. The third is that the national curriculum should be reformed to include the ecological crisis. And their fourth demand is that the age of voting should be lowered to 16 so younger people can be involved in decision making around environmental issues. Um, And government officials responded by calling it a waste of lesson time. Um... So I personally, I think it's really great that students are taking action for something like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, this is an issue that is specifically it's important for younger generations because, uh, you know, we and the people even younger than us are the people who are going to be inheriting this world. They have to deal with all of this. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're the ones who are going to have to deal with the repercussions mm-hmm. of climate change in 10 or 20 years or 30 years or so. Um, so I think the honestly, the demand that stood out the most to me was the request to lower the voting age to 16. Um, do you think 16 it might is too young to engage in politics? Or do you think that like this political climate makes it almost a necessity? The way the as we mentioned, the political climate is set up is that a lot of people, a lot of people younger than us are so concerned about the way things are heading, especially in terms of climate change. Like the past generations have set it up so that we have to inherit this horrible burden. And because it's already, it's almost too late to fix it. And I think people should, I think it should be lowered to 16. People should be able to have a say in inheriting, well, 16 Okay, is the voting age in the UK 18 or 16? It's 18. It's 18? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I actually, I might take... It, it's complicated. It's actually kind of complicated. Like, 16 seems so lo- young. It seems like, so I young. remember being 16 and, like, having no idea what was going on. Exactly. But, obviously, these are students who are politically engaged. Things are changing. Who are taking action yeah, you to have... create the world that they want to live in exactly. and that they want to inherit. And, like, this might be paving the way for even younger politicians. I mean, mm-hmm. like, right now we have um, the young... Was it AOC is the youngest she congresswoman? She was the youngest congresswoman to be sworn into office. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. So that happened this year. Yes. And, like, protests like these and the amount of engagement that's happening from... That's coming from Generation Z and from millennials. This yeah. might be... Uh, this might become like a new trend. Like we're my, we're yeah, gonna have you young have, politicians. You have so many people. Like um, I know it's a different issue, but like if you look at like the Parkland students and the March for Our Lives, you have so many children from like you have so many kids from like fourteen to eighteen who are getting involved in politics because they realize that we are inheriting a world that is basically set up for us to almost not be able to fix. And I think it's great that these school children are coming together and trying to. Potentially, like, fix the disaster before it comes because it's already a disaster. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is this is the sort of movement that maybe the government needs. Exactly. Um, Although the UK, uh, the government has not responded super great in uh, UK government's kind of a mess right now. Yeah, they're having some craziness. (laughs) A lot of issues. Oh, this is just distracting from lessons, which I think I think that's sort of like a it's almost like a non-response, you know, like anytime that um, students participate in stuff like this, people are like, well, you should be focusing on learning yeah. in school. And it's yeah. like, okay, but this is like, obviously they've put time their and future. into learning yeah. about this and figuring out what's happening and what they need to do to make a change. People get so mad at the younger generation for not voting and not participating in politics. And now that they're coming together and realizing that, this is our future and we have to be able to handle it. We should be able to determine who's representing us and how our future should look. People are getting angry about it. And I think it's great that students are coming together and not only, like, as I mentioned earlier, realizing that we have so many issues that need to be fixed and that we deserve to be a part of fixing it, but also realizing that they don't want the older generation representing us and deciding our future for us. Right. They should be able to make deals on things that we're going to have to fix if it doesn't work. Yeah. Some Like some of these issues, these are not issues of the present day. Yeah. Climate change is not an issue of the present day. It's not this gonna is affect an us issue tomorrow. Of, 
this is an issue of the political leaders of 30 years from mm-hmm. now. And that's these students. Exactly. Who are going to be the people who have to deal with whatever decision is made by the government at this point and by voters at this point. So, yeah. Um, I think that they should have they should have a say in what's going to happen exactly. in their future. And even um, and even if they don't have a say now, the same people that are saying they shouldn't be able to participate in government in two or three years when these students finally can vote, they're going to vote you out of office. Right. And they're exactly. going to vote someone in who can represent them. Yeah. These kids are the future. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like in the UK with climate change and in the US with um, March for Our Lives. There's mm-hmm. it's so great to see so many people coming together to just focus on fixing our future because there shouldn't be people who are 60, 70 years older than us deciding on a future that they're not going to be there to have to fix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this has gained, this has gained so much momentum Mm -hmm. in Europe. Do you think that it's going to, it's going to get anywhere in the United States? Do you think this movement is going to spread over here? And if it does, like, will it get anywhere? Um, I think eventually the thing is in the U S there are the thing in the U.S. is that there are some issues. Climate change is a big deal, obviously, but there are some things in the U.S. that, like, almost the U.S. should definitely take climate change more seriously. But there's some things in the U.S. that almost like are more yeah, important than climate change. Or, I guess. Yeah, they're covering it. Yeah, so I think once we figure out how to deal with all of the issues that students are currently trying to f- protest and fix. Um, I think eventually it will come over here, but as we as you mentioned earlier, we have so many young senators who are already focused, like um, AOC, already mm-hmm. passed, a, uh, already formed. We love uh, her, by yes, the way. Yes, <laughs> we do love her. Um, the Green Deal, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So she she's already, she, they're already focused. Yeah, she's they're already focused on implementing climate change policies. So even if it's not a big movement here, we know we can rely on some younger senators to make it a thing here at least. Yeah. Okay. So. That, that's our uplifting story of the day. Look Students at, are taking charge in the UK. They're trying to, they're trying to work towards something. They're future. trying to fix their future. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we'll have to leave in a couple minutes, but real quick, we're just gonna plug all of our Shameless WHIP no things, <laughs> which we do all the time. Uh, so first of all, we have the crackdown, which. Yes. Um, who knows what we're going to be talking about. I wrote the script last night. It might be changed by now. So we'll much. see. Um, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much. We're definitely definitely going to go into the state of national emergency yes. and what's going down with that. Um, so you can find that and at our on our website, first of all, which is uh, com, And it's easier to find that on our YouTube. Just search WHIP Radio. It'll yes. be the first thing that comes up, and it'll be our most recent video coming out on Sunday, probably Sunday night after, sometime after 4 p.m. Yes. Yeah. You can also listen to our podcast. You can listen live on iHeartRadio by looking up WHIP. You can check out some really great articles we have written up there as well. Uh-huh. We have, we're doing a lot of stuff, actually. We just had an article go live today at about noon, Boycotting Wendy's, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah Temple's Shout boycotting out to Alicia, Wendy's. Yeah. yeah, go Alicia. Um, yeah, Emily... Emily does a lot of the editing for those podcasts, so <laughs> please check them out. <laughs> yeah, um, and remember to check out our other shows on iHeartRadio. Um, we're also on Radio FX, I guess. Tune in. Yeah, tune in. Yeah, yeah you, but mostly iHeartRadio. Yeah, just check Our us Radio out. Is just Google easiest. us; you'll find us. We are actually um, the only college radio station on iHeartRadio, so which is pretty. We cool. We take that pretty seriously around here. Yeah. Um, 
So we have we do lots of stuff. Please feel free to check them out. Mm-hmm. WHIPRadioTU.com. And now we're going to leave you for the night. Um, have a good night, everybody. So we'll see what happens next.